Hello and welcome back to Fitcast. I'm your host Molly Edwards and today I have Lisa Gelsey joining me. Hello, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm good, thank you. And you've got your little dog joining me as well. Yeah, little Coco's with me, sat on my lap, keeping me uh, company and keeping my um, lap warm. So that's yeah. good. Got a living crisis. Um, so do you want to talk to everyone a little bit about who you are and kind of what got you into the sport? Um, yeah, my name is Lisa Gelsey. I'm 21 and um, ish. Um, and I got into the sport from karate. Um, karate was the um, my main sport um, coming and growing up through as um, a child into teenager, into adult. Um, I used to fight for the Welsh team, representing Wales for, on numerous occasions. And that's how I met Mike. Um, he was fighting for the Welsh team and we just hit it off and unfortunately the rest is history um yeah so <laughs> sorry fortunately um we've been <laughs> together yeah or something like that um we've been together 34 years so um long old time and you know and to be fair after 34 years i still don't like him so we're doing really well yeah yeah but um so from karate fighting for the welsh team as i say um I was coming up against other athletes that were clearly bigger than me, stronger than me. I was fast, um, but I didn't have that power behind me that I really felt I needed. So I started doing weight bearing exercise for my karate. But after six weeks of doing karate, people were saying to me, um, what do you do then? And I mean, why would you mean? Well, I can see you do a sport, but what do you do? And I thought, hang on, 15 years of doing karate, nobody knew. Six weeks of using weight bearing exercise, and people are asking what I did for sport wise. Mm. So I still did karate because that's what we did, but I trained, but I really started to love training. I had a real passion for it because it was all about me and my goals. I mean, with karate, you're always, uh, well, I was fighting as part of a team. So it was a team active, uh, activity, but this was just all for me and nobody else. And it just, without doubt, absolutely one and truly just had me hooked um and from there then as i said i still could do karate up until probably about six years ago but that was something i did we trained six seven eight nine times a day uh, a week for karate but mm -hmm. i could go into a tournament with no expectations and win the whole thing you know i don't want to sound anything but i could do that compete on the um decide to compete on the saturday um, actually compete on the Sunday and win everything. But this is a totally different activity. You know, you can't just go, oh, I'm going to do that tomorrow. So just, I, I just completely and utterly hooked. From there, then I decided to compete after I'd been training for 10 years, weight bearing exercise, that I then felt that I was actually in a position to be competitive. Um, and I competed as a heavyweight bodybuilder. Which path did you start in? Did you go straight into women's bodybuilding? Straight into women's bodybuilding. But again, when I was when I competed, there was only women's bodybuilding. There was no bikini, there was no figure, no physique, no wellness. It was just bodybuilding. But bodybuilding then was three weight classes, light, middleweight, and heavyweight. So as much as there was no it was clean it was clean cut. You were either a lightweight, middleweight, heavyweight. That was it, you know? Um, but it was still obviously symmetry, balance and proportions and the likes, but it, um, you had 
tall girls that weren't as muscular. You had shorter girls that were more muscular, but it was just weight. That was your only categories. So in terms was of look now, obviously we've got a lot of categories now. If you took yourself then when you first competed, where would you put yourself? What category would you put yourself in now? Still when, when, I, when I first competed, I would probably say I would have been the big end of um, physique. Um, when I first competed, it was uh, the heavyweight was over 57 kilos, right? And that was yeah. your heavyweight. And I weighed, I when I weighed, <laughs> and I kept saying, um, heavyweights, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I go on to the next stage of registration, which would be handing in your music, middleweight, no heavyweight. Oh, really? Okay. And I was just that, because I mean, I haven't got a particularly big face right at any point so you know i'm never rounded in the face i'm always quite you know my face is quite chiseled at any point so um i thought well can i can i weigh so it was over 57 and i weighed in at 67.4 kilos so i think it was safe to say i was in the heavyweight but oh, then well, that's not my weight in off season yeah and then when i finished competing on my last competition i was 70 kilos and tighter and leaner than I was at 67. So, but that's it. That I was done. I finished competing in 2001. So, of course, as you say, you can see how much female um, categories have um, come on in the, yeah. in the last 20 years, you know, because it was literally women's bodybuilding. That's all it was. Yeah. Um, but again, even then, the women bodybuilders of then were still mm, not saying they're not now absolutely not yeah. but there was no need to be as dry as some of these girls are coming in now mm. and is that a better look no I don't think so but you know as you say we've got to make sure that we try and keep all our women women's categories as healthy as possible that is the most important thing you know and yes I know it's evolved all categories have evolved but we've still got to make sure for the well-being of the women, we keep them being women and not bringing them in and certainly not encouraging the girls to get drier and drier and drier. Because the thing is, I just don't think there's a need for that in any category. No, and it's that fine balance, isn't it, between being lean enough yeah, and being too lean. And the thing is, as long as you follow the criteria of the classes, um of your federation mm. then you can't go wrong you yeah, know some federations are leaner than others like the look they prefer yeah. is leaner than others yes yeah um uh, but then from when i finished competing i'd already started judging whilst i was competitor and i really really enjoyed it mm. uh, but when i finished competing we all change our goals and my goal was to judge at the highest level that i possibly could you know so um i started judging for the uk bff and then the IFBB, um, I've judged for NABA, obviously, then um, part of the forming committee for the PCA, judged for the PCA right up to the top. Then um, also I've judged for um, the Pro League, IFBB Pro League, and now I'm FITEX, FITEX head judge, and I also do quite a lot of judging for NABA as well, um, right up to the universe. Yeah. So over the last 25 years, I've judged every um, level 
of competition for bodybuilding and loved every single second of it. So I've been very, very lucky in that department. I mean, don't get me wrong. I want to say it, it hasn't just been put upon me. I still had to sit on my judging qualifications. Um, I still had to go all over the world to make sure I got the um, the experience that I needed. So I've judged um, the Europeans, the World Championships, the Arnold Schwarzenegger Classics in America and also then through Europe. So I've done quite a lot of judging but as I say I've loved every second of it you know it, the worst part is the traveling if I could just close my eyes and get to the place it'd be brilliant but also on the other hand all of that has given me so much experience of life and everything in between well, but, many places as well with it but I've been literally there's Madrid I've been to Madrid couldn't even tell you how many times I've never been to Madrid in my life because yeah. you go on the plane, you go to the venue, get back up from the venue, back on the plane and come home. Um, literally, the States, you know, everywhere you can think of, most of Europe, everywhere in this country. So, you know, even to Kuwait, you know, the strangest place, but literally from Kuwait over to Ireland and everywhere in between. But as you say, the experiences have been exceptional. Tiring, but great. Well, me and Joe have said next year, actually, like when we go to shows, we, if the show's on a Saturday, we're going to stay a bit longer on a Sunday yeah. and do something and try and see the city a bit more that we're in because you never do. You go there and then you're back. Absolutely right. You know, we um, we did the World Championships in Prague and the um, the team came back and told me on the airport, in the airport when we were going on our way back home, Prague is beautiful couldn't tell you i saw the inside of a bus the inside of the auditorium and then the airplane that's it but no you're right if you get opportunities to go in, and spend time in these places do it yeah 100 yeah. cool so yeah you've judged quite a lot haven't you so when you're judging a group of athletes and I, i'm guessing it is the same across the federation um what is it that you're looking for and what's kind of like top of the list of like well, you you say that, right? Um, the criteria is the same in, say, one federation, for instance. Yeah. But within that, it's people's um, ideals, what they're looking for, their perceptions, their, um, their own opinions. So you can get, even though you'll have that same pri criteria in that one federation, you can get a totally different look from the UK to the European, to the world, to even to the Arnold. Totally different looks. Because again, a European look is also, um, is usually a lot more feminine in a female. It's a lot softer, but then you go to the world, it's harder. But then when you go to the Arnold, it's a totally different look altogether. It's all the same federation, but just totally different looks. Yeah. Again, it's quite strange, even though, and it isn't, it isn't strange because this is the way it is. Um, the ideals of what you're looking for. Symmetry is always the most important thing. Then it's the balance. Uh, symmetry, balance, proportions. Now, symmetry is your own symmetry. Don't think I'm far more symmetrical than that person. That is not, you never, ever compare yourself, okay? Symmetry is about your symmetry, your balance, your proportions. So, for instance, if you've got somebody that, say, um, has got a, a, a bicep tear, so their balance is out for a start, mm. right? Their symmetry is out for a start. So their proportions are then also going to have a knock-on effect. 
right? But um, balance is obviously from one side of your body to the other. Your propor proportions should mean your shoulders should be balanced and proportional with your arms. So you can't have a massive set of biceps and a huge set of triceps with no shoulders. Yeah. So that's your symmetry and balance and proportions all knocked out. Your balance ideal is your bottom half and your top half match. So again, you can't go ham on the legs and leave the top half or vice versa. You can't have a massive pair of arms, a huge pair of shoulders and no legs to work with them. Yeah. Then you go on to your um, condition. And again, the condition is applicable to the class that you're in. So obviously you wouldn't expect to see a bikini athlete as tight as a physique or a bodybuilder, okay, in the women's categories. So all these things are your, they're your five points that we look for. Once you've gone from the five points, then you go on to the smaller items. Then how the tan, your overall presentation and everything else are all in there included. Um, but unfortunately, we're looking for the angels and the Adonis. Very, very rarely we find them, but that's what we're looking for. But if we can get the nearest to those things, we know we're on for a winner. But also what I try to tell everybody, whether it's be one of my clients or the judges or anything similar, as judges, it's our job to make sure we put the people in the right positions in the right, in the right slots at the right time. Now, we can only do that with the people who are on the stage at that time. So you can do a qualifier in Scotland and you can have a look of the winner, but then you can do a qualifier in the South of England and the look of the winner is totally different to the one in the Scot Scottish show. That's yeah. not anything to do with the fact the judges don't know what they're looking for. The judges are changing their minds or anything similar. Those five parts are what we look for. Will we find them every time? No. So we have to put the uh, athletes the closest to those five parts in those positions of first, second, third, and fourth. And if we could get the same look every time, every week, that would be the winner. But unfortunately, we never can. So we get the ones closest to it. But also, what I love more than anything is when we have winners, seconds, and thirds, where you have girls and boys behind us go, I want to look like that. I think I'll do that next year because then we're bringing in next year's competitors. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and that's our job to make sure that we keep bodybuilders coming. If we keep promoting some looks that are deemed um, out of reach yeah, um, for male and female, we're shutting the doors for next year's athletes. But also, as you say, the thing is, we want to make sure that as judges, everybody not only has a fair judging, unbiased, everything else, but also, as you say, they're put in the right positions at the right time. But then that's going to bring next year's uh, competitors to us. And it does massively. I don't know if you remember at Northampton, but he was sat with two girls there. And one of them was my clients and one of them was actually her client. And both of them said after that show, like, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. That's, that's, and it's lovely. And that's brilliant. You know, it really, really is. You know, the, if seeing girls and boys infuse others into bodybuilding, yeah. that's great. But that is why 
a lot of the um, uh, classes that are there now is what's brought more in. Yeah. So when I was when I was competing, sometimes if you could have 40, 50 in a show, it was a big show. That was a big... And that's men and women. Yeah, that's men and women. Because you had bodybuilders and bodybuilders. You had male bodybuilders and female bodybuilders. That's all it was. And that's a small show now. Oh, 100%. Absolutely 100%. But the introduction of the figure classes and then in turn then bringing in bikini and men's physique, changed bodybuilding, changed the fitness industry, and I use that term very loosely, mm. literally on his head. Yeah. You know, on the back end of that, as you've got more coaches now than ever, yeah. more, you've got posing coaches, you have prep coaches, posing coaches, you have um, well-being coaches, you know, then you have your bikini makers, you have your jewelry sellers, your shoe sellers, your tanners, your, all these things, makeup artists, hairdressers. None of these things were even thought of when I was competing. You wore a plain one color bikini, yeah? No padding, no underwire, no nothing, a plain, plain off the peg bikini. And was it literally like from, from the high street? Yeah. That when bikini, when the bikini class was brought in, the rule was you you wore an off the peg bikini. That's what the rule was, and it was to encourage girls that were well into their fitness and and everything else to just. But there was no outlay. You wore whatever shoes you wanted. You mm. didn't have to. You know there was. Whereas now it's very much a specific shoe, a specific earring, a specific you know hundreds and hundreds of pounds on bikinis Ridiculous. No, none of that L literally none of it nobody give a hoot about nails if you had nails too long they'd ask you to cut them you know no piercings at all nothing so no jewelry no nothing so it has changed so much but literally that introduction of the bikini class has and the men's physique has literally changed the um, fitness industry completely, completely, completely. And it is an industry now, and people are making such a good living out of it, whether it be a coach or a bikini maker or, you know, anything similar. But it was nothing like that when I was competing at all. Did you have coaches and stuff? No. You no. just rocked up and went for it? Yeah. So literally, obviously, there's myself and Mike. So um, we've gone through, since we first met, we've gone through everything in as far as university, um, all sorts of qualifications on weight training and weight bearing exercise, nutrition and everything else. So, But we did that for us because yeah. we wanted to be the best we could be. And to a certain extent, up until that point, there was a lot of trial and error on all competitors. Mm. on the, uh, the way they did it. They take advice off your elders or your, your more experienced, but there was nothing, nothing, no coaches, no nothing at all. You had a gym owner, a bodybuilder, a gym goer, and then you just had yourselves to try and find your way. So, but as I said, we took it upon ourselves a long, long time ago to educate ourselves the best we possibly could for ourselves to improve ourselves. And we just evolved from there.
but I mean, we're talking, as they say, 30 years ago. Yeah. You know, but um, is it better now? Um, probably not. Um, in as far as there's so much pressure on people now, um, not just their physiques, but to make sure they got the best this, to make sure they got... But as far as FitEx are concerned, and certainly me as a judge, I would rather you spend that four or five hundred pounds that you're about to expend on a bikini on your physique. Yeah. You know, it's starting to become such an expensive pastime and there is no need for it, you know? Yeah. Um, I'll never forget one girl came to me and um, she said she wants to compete. And I said, right. No problem. So we sat. I said, come and have a consultation. We sat and everything else. So um, she said, um, I got my bikini. I've ordered my shoes. I got all my jewelry. I've booked to have my hair extensions. And she's going on and on this. I said, right, okay, 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 okay. Right, well, what's your training split? Sorry? I said, what, what's your training split? You know, what, uh, what are, you know, training Oh, should I don't train? I said, sorry. Should I never been in the gym? She said, but it's all over Instagram. She said, and I think it looks great. I said, well, I tell you what, put your bikini in a box, take your earrings off, cancel your shoes, come back to me in two years when you've trained. I said, we'll have another talk then. Oh. Um, and was she was she going for like a bodybuilding fed or was she going for more of these fitness fashion ones? No, she wanted to compete in a bodybuilding federation. So it's like, tell you what, have a little rethink first, get yeah. your priorities in order, put your bikini in the box and start training. But unfortunately, as you say, Instagram and Facebook and things like that have made it so glamorous, which on the day it is, is you know, it's the, it's the best day ever. Yeah. But, um, you know, people have got to realise there's a lot of hard work goes into that, a lot of hard work. You know? like leading up to that day and even parts of the day I mean you're standing in a tent naked getting tanned with a load of strangers I don't know how glamorous that bit really is and you smell of like weird biscuits all day <laughs> yeah and you can't eat them or lick them yeah yeah well you can yeah. off stage I yeah. guess yeah if you choose to I suppose you yeah. try not to piss down your leg <laughs> glamorous <laughs> Yeah, the glamorous lifestyle of a bodybuilder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So kind of what I was saying about on the last question about like what is it that we're really looking for? You hear a lot of people kind of throw around the phrases like condition is king or like I was the most peeled on stage, bro, and like all of that. Like, what are your thoughts on this? Right, condition is not king, not by a long shot. Right. As I said, symmetry is absolutely paramount. Now, so and as I said, there are five key things. So if we can't, so if we can't get the symmetry and the balance and the proportions that we want, well, condition will come up. Yeah. If we've got symmetry, balance, proportions, they is what. So if it's going to be somebody has got those three things first, but maybe not as conditioned as the one who hasn't got the symmetry and the balance and is cut to the bone, well, obviously the one with the symmetry, the balance, and the proportions is going to be the winner. So. With that in mind, don't get an Please don't think that I'm saying you don't come in condition. Absolutely not. Yeah. You come in condition. But if you come to the bone, 
and you've come in so conditioned, you've lost all the symmetry and balance and the fullness of the muscle, well, you're not going to win. Yeah, you stay dieted, really, isn't it? Yes. So we've got to make sure, as I say, that we can get the most or the closest competitor to those five things, okay? But the symmetry, balance of proportions, and obviously the muscularity is there and is king. So you can come in as tight as you like, and I can see the striations on your asshole and the fucking browns that I really don't give a shit. I still need to see the symmetry, balance, and the muscularity and your proportions in place with the condition that shows all of that off. Yeah. That's what we need. Okay. Because yeah. at the end of the day, like it's it's not a dieting contest. No, it is a body and it is called bodybuilding. So with that in mind, don't just it's not body parts building, it's body, as in the whole lot of it. So boys and girls, don't forget your forearms, don't forget your calves, because they are part of the body. Yeah. Um, and even girls. When you're doing um, your training sessions and your training splits, please, even if you do have uh, enhancements, don't leave chest out. Yeah, you know, uh, it's just, it's another one uh, at the moment that's getting me that you've got um, a bikini athlete that um, doesn't need to do chest. Well, no, I don't. I don't need to do chest. I do, all I need is shoulders, back and legs. What about your arms? I don't need to do those. Well, of course you need to do those. What do you mean you don't need to do those? Why do you think you don't need to do chest? If you do back, you do chest. You always do a posing. Always do a posing. If you do a bicep, you do a tricep. If you do a hamstring, you do a quad. So why the fuck don't you do chest if you do your back? It is called bodybuilding. And regardless of what class it is, Try and make sure you do all your body parts, all of them. Everything needs to be in proportion, except wellness. Now, obviously, wellness, I would not expect to see the top half as big as the bottom half. It is the only class that is not symmetry and balance. Yeah. Only one. That is why you cannot swap from a bikini, a figure, a physique, or anything similar into wellness. You can, you can swap into it, but you cannot sw do both on the same day. You can't. Yeah. Two totally different criterias. Two totally different criterias. If you've decided you were once a figure and now you want to be a wellness athlete, sweet, no problem. But they are two totally different things. Yeah. You can build yourself into a wellness category, no problem whatsoever. But as I say, on a day, you can't be two. You can't. Absolutely. I completely agree with you. And actually, when I did the podcast a couple of weeks ago with Kez, she said one of the things she actually really liked when she comes to FedEx was there is such definition between the criteria. It's, it's like, no, you can't be bikini and wellness and you can't be bikini and figure and you can't be this and that and whatever you fancy doing on the day. Mm. You are either one or the other. There was um, quite a um, debate after the... Um... I'm sure everybody knows, so I'll just say it. After the Arnold. Yeah, because I was backstage, you, wasn't I? Not backstage, yeah. but... Yes. Yeah. But the um, girl that did the figure and won everything and won her pro card 
went into physique, done everything, and won the pro pro card in physique. How, how, how can you do that? You can choose which one you want now. Yeah, two things. One, you've just taken a pro card away from another athlete. Mm -hmm. And two, you can't be a figure and a physique. You don't meet the cry. You can't meet the criteria of those two classes because they're two totally different criteria. You can go into the other one. A hundred percent. But you can't do the same on the same day and win everything on the same day. That just, to me, that's just absolutely absurd. Why bother with criteria if you're going to do that? You may as well just call it women's classes. Yeah. And just enter. The high level as well. Yeah. Yeah, If you're going for your pro card, you should be very, very good. Yeah. But also, to me, that took away the opportunity for somebody else. Yeah, absolutely. No, not for me. You know? No, it was... It was not great, that. No. But wellness. So where we are with wellness, wellness is definitely becoming um, a very much um, anticipated category. Everybody's really excited about wellness, and wellness is really starting to build um, steam. And it's lovely to see girls working themselves into it. But the... The reason why these classes were brought in, because there is a big difference between a bikini athlete and a figure athlete. So it's the introduction of trained bikini, because that's like, and again, don't think of it as a a stepping stone. Think of it as another um, category where a a single individual will fit, because that's what we want to try and do is make sure that we don't get girls trying to be square pegs in round holes. So if we can keep offering holes um, for the pegs to fit into, well, that's that's brilliant. Yeah, because again, girls like a look. You so, but it allows you to evolve into the look that you want to be. You know. So wellness, as I said, is certainly an um, an exciting and a well anticipated um, category for yeah. last year, and certainly the year coming ahead. Um, but a wellness athlete. I think it's a very misunderstood for some reason class isn't it it's it is but it really doesn't have to be no you know it is a really it's quite an easy category to understand okay um the wellness athlete would be um sorry i'm gonna have to be careful if you were to put your little finger and on the dogs on my lap a little finger and a thumb together that is what a wellness athlete should look like every other athlete should look like that I don't um, release a video for this, Lisa. <laughs> yeah, but that's just it. So if you put your little finger on top of your thumb, yeah. that is what a wellness athlete would look like. But if you put your two thumbs on top of each other, they're balanced and they're symmetrical. That's what every other class is like. Yeah. So I'd expect the top half to be certainly worked, but in nowhere near the same um, size of muscle compared to the bottom half. Yeah. Now, the bottom half of a wellness athlete should be a muscular leg, not a big leg, a muscular leg. So I wouldn't expect to see somebody that's just got a nice big round glute and a nice big round leg purely and simply because that's what the leg looks like. I would expect to see a leg that carries a glute that has got a tie into a hamstring. Yeah. And I would expect to see a quad with a separation of the tear and the outer head. 
the teardrop in the outer head. But when you do your uh, wellness poses and you face the rear of the stage, so you're showing the glute and the hamstring off to the judge, I would expect to see the quad as much at the rear as I do at the front. Yeah. Okay, so the leg is a muscular leg. You would expect, I wouldn't expect necessarily to see striations through the glutes or striations through the hamstrings, but I would certainly accept, expect to see separation between the glute and hamstring. I would expect to see a glute hamstring tie-in. I would expect to see the difference and the separation on the front of the leg. I would expect to see a full calf on the um, wellness athlete. But unfortunately, a lot of the girls are starting to think, well, my bottom half's bigger than my top half, yeah, but I need to see it muscular. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's, it's not, I think sometimes it's like bikini, but they've forgotten to train their upper body. Yes. Yeah. And it's, it's not that it's, it's a lot bigger on the bottom half. I'm still training of the upper body still. Yeah. A hundred percent. So I'm not telling um, girls, this is the way to do it. And this is what to do. Um, But I, encourage my wellness athletes to be doing legs at least three to four times a week yeah you can do it don't get me wrong you're not doing that full leg four times a week you're separating the leg up yeah so you would do a quad exercise at least twice a week you will do your hamstrings but you'll do your uh, hamstrings twice a week but you will do your glutes on a daily basis connect to the glute understand Think about your RDLs, think about your leg curls, think, but really focus on the whole of the leg. But you still do your top half at least twice to three times a week. Yeah. So, well, so that means I've got to be in there for three hours at a time. No, 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 no. You have to be effective in your workouts. Mm-hmm. You have to be. But again, you would do in your top half, you would do something like chest and shoulders, back and arms, repeat. Yeah. So, of course, the thing is, yes, they are getting a workout. You're still working them through, but you're hammering your legs at least four times a week. Okay. And glutes every day. They can take it. Yeah, yeah. you can take it. Right. Um, but it's very much, as you say, as we've both said and both understand, it's very much about the muscular leg, not just a big leg. Yeah. Okay? And again, in your rear shot, girls, please think, um, about the quad sweep in the rear shot as much as it is in the fronts and the sides. Yeah. Okay. Um, glute hamstring tie-in and a set of calves. Super cool. So, because you've kind of gone into what my question was a bit later down the line, which was kind of what the criteria you'd be looking for in wellness. So if we then compared that and flipped that on the bikini, like what is the criteria of a bikini athlete compared to, say, a trained bikini athlete and a wellness athlete? So okay, just wellness. So, okay, so right. Understand the most important thing is as the ladies' classes go through, is you will be a little bit more conditioned and a little bit more muscular. All right. But your bikini athlete, as again, is symmetry, balance, proportions, same thing, condition applicable to the class. Now, a bikini athlete and a figure athlete are closer than a, um, a trained bikini to bikini. Okay, yeah. so if you think 
the categories should be in the order of symmetry, balance proportions, muscularity, and condition, which is applicable to your class. You have your bikini athlete first, your figure athlete second. The condition-wise is about the same, okay? <clears throat> but I would expect your first figure class to be carrying a little bit more muscle than the bikini. Sorry, hang on, I'm just choking a minute. That's all right. Swig, swig of coffee. Decaf, obviously. Obviously, yeah, because it is evening. <laughs> it is any time it's decaf. Like after you, if you've been drinking caffeine this late at night, Lisa. You've got to be joking. I don't do caffeine ever, ever. <laughs> I'm bad enough without it. Can you imagine me with it? Jesus. <laughs> so you would have your bikini athlete, then you'd have figure. Next would be your trained bikini because she would be carrying and it's that little bit more muscle, but she would be a little bit more conditioned. Okay, then you're going on to your trained figure, then you're going on to your physique, then you go on to your bodybuilder. And wellness, as I say, is a standalone category. Yeah. So you can't say wellness is a step up from bikini because it isn't. You can't say wellness is a step up from figure because it isn't. The other five are all about the symmetry, balance and proportions. Wellness is all on its own. Mm -hmm. So that's a standalone. But for your bikini athletes, as I say, I would expect that nice little round shoulder, nice little round glutes into the leg. But again, no big separations, no big and certainly not so dry that I can actually see striations in the glutes. Absolutely not. Not for bikini. Because as I say, if that's what you're going to encourage and you, um, you reward in bikini, where does the figure girl go? Then yeah. where does the physique girl go? then where does the bodybuilder go? It's our responsibility as judges to make sure we stick to our criteria. Mm -hmm. And the criteria for bikini, again, is a feminine, um, overall balanced um, fit look, but I don't need to say see any huge, you know, big details between the um, abs tightness. I don't want to see striations in the obliques. I don't want to see any of that in bikini. Yeah. The same in figure. It's just a little bit more muscle. And then we work on to our trained bikini, which I would expect to see a little bit tighter and carrying a little bit more muscle. Then we go on to our trained figure. Now with trained figure in FitX, we offer the opportunity for you to take to make your own decision on whether you do an eye walk or you do your posing routine. Mm -hmm. So a bikini athlete, um, a figure athlete, a trained bikini, all do I walks. Then as a transition into our figure classes, you have the choice in train figure to do the I walk or your posing routine. Then when you go into your physiques and your bodybuilders, then you do your posing routines. Yeah. So they're nice transition classes, but also hopefully you'll understand that the um, condition and the muscularity is what takes you up into the next classes. So if you come in as um, a bikini athlete or a figure athlete and you're cut to the bone, you will be offered into the next category up because yeah. obviously you're too tight for that category. Okay. But as I said, if we don't, where does the, where does the trained figure and the physiques and the bodybuilders, where do they go? How dry, how tight, how conditioned are they going to have to be? And I don't think that's the right thing to do. 
No. And as a woman, hopefully um, making other women understand, it's all about longevity. Yeah. Longevity in the sport, longevity of life, longevity of femininity, longevity of everything. Today we live for today, but try and think about tomorrow as well. Um, unfortunately, some girls are t taking things a little bit too drastic, in my opinion, and it's having such a knock-on effect on them in next month, <coughs> next year, when they decide to have children, when they decide to do things later in life. Those things have got repercussions. So, girls, please think about what you're doing, not just today, but what you're going to be doing next year, because if you're taking such drastic action now, what are you going to be doing next year? And I think as well, sometimes we need to put a bit of that onus onto the coaches as well, that when you get into the sport, you might, you know, if this is your first time on stage, you probably don't really know much about it. And you listen to your coach because you've picked a coach that's prepped loads of clients and got loads of wins and whatever. And you put all your trust in that person. And that person is making you really over-conditioned. Oh, 100%. Cycle because of it many other issues right and you know i know people that then come off stage i don't mind it doesn't matter if you're not regained your cycle yet doesn't yeah. matter how many times how many times have we watched girls borderline pass out on the stage oh i know yeah through dehydration through lack of food through other things it's absolutely not right yeah please i'll and I'll say this again, please, anybody who's thinking about coming into bodybuilding or has a coach at the moment, do not be afraid to ask why. Yes. Questions. Yes. If there's anything you're unsure of, ask. Yeah. And also Even don't accept an answer of because this will make you win because that's not an answer. And I've heard it so many times because this will make you better. That That's not a reason. It's not acceptable. It's not acceptable right and as a coach but also as a judge it's my responsibility to make sure that every athlete that competes with fitex is fit well and healthy yeah we offer first aid backstage every show every yeah. show there's first aid there they're there for your for your benefit right and this is a healthy sport this is a healthy activity when you do it properly. Yeah. There's no need, no need. And again, I'm going to put it out there. There is no need for anybody, male or female, but certainly not female, to be taking prescription diuretics. No. Absolutely not. <coughs> There's brilliant products on the market. Yeah. Anything you can buy over the counter, great. Read the label and it does what it says. Yeah. Anything you can't buy over the counter, don't touch it. Any coach gives you a pill in your hand, don't you dare take it. Yeah, you have to. And that is your responsibility. And it's absolutely, as you say, if any coach says this will make you win, run for a mile. Yeah. Ask the questions because knowledge is king. If you have no knowledge, you're never, ever going to get anywhere. Don't be afraid to ask. Now, myself and Mike, we're... Um, we're safe. We're the safeguarding officers for Fitex. Yeah. Now, safeguarding is not just for the athletes. It's also for my judges, for my members of staff, 
for my panel, for my team, for all of us. Safeguarding is make sure we do everything for the well-being of everybody involved in FitEx. But even if then there's anybody that's not part of FitEx and they just an, a little bit of, um, unaware of what's going on with a coach, with what's going on, don't be afraid to ask. Slip us a message. No problem whatsoever. If somebody's asked to do something and they, they don't feel that comfortable with it, ask why. If you don't get the answers you want, give us a ring. Send us a message. I got no problem with that. Because this is very much, as I said, about longevity, not just for, um, as I say, the athletes, but for my judges and everything else, okay? But please, anybody out there, don't be afraid to ask your coach why. Yeah. Absolutely. Um. Cool. And kind of going on from kind of where we were, posing on stage, kind of what are the common mistakes you see with athletes and their presentation on stage? Posing. Right. At the moment, we've got another arm of the industry, which is now posing, posing coaches. And it's amazing how many people that have been on stage once and now a posing coach. Mm -hmm. Posing is very much about an individual. So as much as you can take some um, ideas and everything else from uh, coaching, uh, from posing coaches, please bring your own your own thing right your own swagger your own everything so what i do say to um my clients is and when i'm judging sassy fuck yeah, yeah. sexy fuck no yeah see absolutely not right and as i say if you want to be a stripper brilliant go for it go for it but not on a bodybuilding stage yeah. if you want to be a pole dancer Brilliant, you know, do it, not on a bodybuilding stage. Yeah. <clears throat> Confident, fuck yeah. Cocky, fuck no. Yeah. Men who, the worst I ever had, and I found it quite insulting, was a man's physique, a men's physique, and he decided to wink at me. It's like, dude, man, yeah, I don't think so. So I'm old enough to be your fucking mother <laughs> in this lifetime. No. <laughs> Girls wink into the judges, absolutely not. Giving them, it, it's just, no, it no. It makes a bit uncomfortable. Uh, very uncomfortable. And that's like when the girls are doing it to me and I know sitting next to some of the um, older men, we'll just call them that, um, that sit on the panel next to me, they very much don't like it because it makes no. them feel very, very uncomfortable. And this is the thing, I don't know where or how you think that's appropriate because it really really doesn't work and the other thing is when you're um you're on stage and we're starting to get into our compulsory poses and things like that don't make eye contact with the judges i don't like it i really don't like it you've come into my space i can see you i know where you are you're the only thing i'm looking at you don't need to make eye contact with us so if anybody tells you to make eye contact don't right Another thing that really is a mistake when you're um, on stage is try not to fixate on one point because when you do that, you just go deaf. Yeah. So try and take in everything. Listen to the MC. Listen to the judges. Take it all in. Because the thing is, when you've done all that work, 
12, 14, 16, 18 weeks, however long. You may only be on stage for some anything, 15, 20 to half an hour. So all that work has gone into such a short space of time. Try and enjoy every minute. Practice your poses as much as you can, okay? Especially bodybuilders, male bodybuilders, female bodybuilders, um, and your physique classes, where your poses are what you're going to be judged upon, practice them. You start posing the minute you start um, dieting. Yeah. Because you have to be fit for the stage, right? Cardio fit is cardio fit. That's different. Posing Training fit. Exactly. Posing fit and stage fitness is a different ball game altogether. Yeah. The amount of people you see after the show and, and they say they didn't realize how hard it was on stage, but that's the only thing you're going to be judged upon. So yeah. make sure you practice your poses. Try and hold your poses for 30 to a minute because you will hold that for as long as it takes for the judges to decide who's first, second, third and fourth. And that's another thing, like hold it on stage. Don't start wandering around and floating your arms about because I'm not judging you on how much you can wave your arms in the air. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. And you will hold that pose until we say, okay? And I'm sure people are starting to realize I'm quite a greedy judge in as far as I like to see you work because that's what you've trained so hard for. And I would probably say 99.9% .9 of the bodybuilders up there are glad to show their poses off, are glad to show their hard work off. So try and remember, you will not be asked to do your compulsory poses just once. It may be once, twice, three. If it's that hard for the judges to decide between quality athletes, it may be four or five times. Practice. Absolutely. Practice over around as well so everyone can see yeah you know and that's the whole point is making sure that we're not why do you take so long no we don't take so long we do it to make sure we get the right people in the right places you're getting the fairest judging mm. of any federation and also because it can be was it northampton where there was a light out was it yes it was finals didn't it and it was doing my head in because i was at like, least i can't see yeah. There's a light out at one end and we had to keep moving people because on the end of the panel I was on, we'd got lights, but the other end there was a light out and people it's completely different. hundred percent. So hard. Yeah, but even as you say, moving people around, and this is why when people come out and they go, Oh, I'm on the end, don't worry, we will move you around. We make sure we keep moving you around. There's even times where you're on the stage and we'll ask you to take a step back. There's time when you're on the stage, we'll even bring the whole tables back to make sure we can see you in the best light and we will keep moving you around. But as you say, when it comes to it, be aware that's likely to happen. So please practice your poses for some 10, 20, an hour, because then you know no matter what we ask you to do, you're prepared. And that's the thing. You can never be prepared enough unless you try you know, and if you prepare for all um, eventualities, well, you can't go wrong. Yeah. And also kind of what you said, were saying there about uh, when you pose on stage, you don't want to look sexy. So, yeah. No, no. I don't like it. Um, we had a couple of um, instances through the last couple of shows of the season. 
And for some reason, um, a few of the girls are taking it upon themselves, and I'll try and be as polite without being to caress themselves through the glutes. Yeah. Absolutely no way. No way. It just, it within an instant, I was, I just found it not just um, quite shocking, but revolting. Yeah. Because uh, I said to you, because you came in spectator, didn't you? You said, how did you feel about it? And I said, I don't like it. But the issue you're always going to have is that certain federations are rewarding that. And it's, it's not right. In my I, opinion, it's not right. But this no. is the issue that, you're, that we face as well, isn't it? As But also, right, okay, I'll, I see what you're saying then as far as some other federations. Yeah. But again, girls, you wouldn't do that on a beach. No. You wouldn't do that at the side of a pool. No. You wouldn't do that on a night out and unless you, and, and then be surprised at the reactions you get. So mm. why do you think you would do that to yourself um, on, on a stage for all to see, right? So regardless of what other, 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 any other federation encourages or otherwise, girls, just for your own self-worth, don't do it because you wouldn't do it anywhere else. Would you stand in front of your father and do that? Probably no. not. So if you wouldn't do it in front of your father, don't do it in anybody in front of anybody else's father. Okay. Because that's the thing as well, the actual how you kind of float around and flick your arms about on stage doesn't really matter so much. As long as it's done smoothly, it's yeah. the actual posing that's being judged in your physique, not how you flick your arms about. And, and exactly. And the thing is as well, you wouldn't caress yourself in the gym. So why would you do it on stage? I just don't understand. You know, and what you're doing, if anything, you're, you're not only taking it away from your physique, straight away you've already, and, and exactly as you said, as soon as I saw the one girl do it, I came to every judge and asked for your opinion. Yeah. And not one judge, not one, said anything less than there was no need. It was certainly, they felt uncomfortable. Um, they didn't like it. Not one judge. Every one of you would have the same opinion. So again, girls, please, taking a panel of seven judges, not one was impressed by that. And that was a mix of male and female judges as well. 100%. 100%. It wasn't just all girls and it wasn't just all girls. It was. It was a mixed and different ages, but not one, not one judge was impressed by it. So again, heed that. Don't do it. Yeah. You know, and as you say, the thing is, you all work so hard to to get the physiques you have. Just let your physiques do the talking. That's yeah. plenty, plenty. Just a little bit of movement to get you there. Hundred percent, absolutely right. right. Yeah. But also, just on that, then with different federations and the likes, when you decide to compete with whoever, and you have the criteria of the federations. Mm. you'll probably find that not always do they judge as close to their feder as their criteria as they they'd like oh, yeah. so do your homework look at the winners and look at the galleries of that federation mm -hmm. then you'll have an idea of what the federation is looking for yeah yeah um but as i say going back to the very beginning 
be aware we can only judge what's on the stage at that time yeah I was going to say that I was actually talking to opposing client about this um last night and she was like because I said to her she's trained figure which yeah. would be something condition you'll be trained figure and she's like oh but I've looked at this one girl and I'm not as big as her or I'm this or that and I said look but you can look at one, you know, she's from a very small area. And I said, you can look at that one person and you don't look like her. And you can look at one person and, and that person's one. But that person could have been the only person on stage that day. And now you're thinking that you need to look like that. And that's the criteria. 100%. the only person on stage that day. Well, they're going to win it. Yeah. You need and to look at multiple winners and overall winners. And that's how you get more of an image. And also... When you're looking at these winners, it's usually via a photograph or their Instagram or something similar. And they may be on their own in that photograph. You have no concept of how big or small that person is. Yeah. No concept. You know, you go, I'm not, I, I'm, not, I'm not as big as her. Yeah, but she's five foot two and she's about eight stone. And you're five foot four and you're 10 stone. So again, how can you even compare yourself? The yeah. only thing you can do is be the best you can be at that time. And if you've done that, the rest is up to the judges. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so kind of going on uh, to judging and stuff as well. Um, it's something that we, I know we kind of spoke about this in the Arnold's is you work as a female in what is a very male dominated industry, I think, and even today. How have you experienced that holding you back at all? And as a judge now, what are you doing to bring women into the industry more and like level the playing field? Oh, that's intense. Everyone, isn't it? Oh shit, bitch. Right. Well, first of all, I'm gonna I am gonna blow my own trumpet here. And in as far as I am not just experienced in judging and various other things, because that's what I want. Now, I was the now that was a tough one. I was the head judge in Kuwait. Now that is a big step. Massive, yeah. Big step. No, 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 no. I won't go into my wonderful trip to Kuwait <laughs> in as far as let's just say um it was probably the only time I learned to sh keep my mouth shut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I waited till I got on the plane and then poof, it all came out. But whilst I was there, it is it's just another level another level but again i did what i had to do got the job done came home and the rest is history but as it stands unless i'm told otherwise and i don't think so i am currently the only head judge female head judge of any federation in the world wow so and i'm proud of that yeah you should be I'm proud of that right and not because anything other than the fact that because i'm a woman i'm proud of it because i've worked hard at what i've done but i encourage women and i want women to be at all levels of every part of bodybuilding because it's not a male and as i said this is not a male it's not a man's sport no it's not and when, and when you're competing don't think you're a female competing in a male sport. You're not. You're a female in a fail female sport. Yeah. It's just that men compete in the men's side and women compete in the women's side. Mm -hmm. And over the years, certainly now I would say um, now bikini is has been part of bodybuilding for quite some time. Now, bikini athletes are getting the respect of male bodybuilders because yeah. they 
appreciate they work as hard. They still have to do the prep the same as they do. They still get up at four o'clock in the morning to do their cardio and their meal preps. They do everything the same. Yeah. So I do think we're very, no, we're not fortunate. We've worked hard, men and women, to be at an equal level yeah. of competition. Okay. Now, when I first started um, weight bearing exercise, there was like two women in the gym. Yeah. I was one and Christine was the other one who worked there. And even then when I went on to other um, gyms and I was personal training and things like that, and you'd always have all the women over on the cardio side. And it was like, there'd be no women. I think when I, there was a new gym that opened when I lived in North Devon. And I want to say that was probably about six years ago. So it was a few years ago now. And I, it was me and his sister were the only two women that trained in that gym. Yeah. All women. Me. Yeah. All women were doing cardio. Oh, fuck that. I said, I don't think so. So all my clients, I take them into weight-bearing. And you'd have men going, uh, sorry, what are you doing? Why, what do you mean? Well, uh, what are we doing in this side? Well, I'm fucking training. What do you think I'm doing? Oh. Oh. Yeah, you know, it's like, what's wrong? What, fucking run off onto the treadmill? I don't think so. You know, no, never been on a treadmill in my fucking life, thanks. You're all right. But... Oh, and then as I was getting there more and more, and I'd encourage, and you could see women not only watching um, my clients and myself getting results, but you could see them, oh, sad about them. And be by the time I finished in that one particular gym, there was more women in the weight bearing exercise area than there was men. Yeah. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. But they train as hard, if not harder, you know, we juggle everything that life has to throw of us, uh, throw at us. So do men. Yeah, we do. They do as well. But and I'm not saying we're better than men. Men are better than us. We're all equal. Yeah, yeah. we're all equal. We all train as hard. We all work as hard. So to watch women not only um, be confident in the um, weight bearing side of the gym, they're actually starting to be, become a little more um, dominant in numbers, which is brilliant, yeah? Um, but to have them coming through as competitors, then finish competing and now judging and, you know, and just loving it, it's just, it's just so rewarding yeah. to have seen it. Because, I mean, the thing is, I've been mean, weight bearing exercise now, as I say, for... Hang on. Let me try and work that one out. 37 years. 37 years I've been training with yeah. weights, you know? And the most rewarding thing I've ever done, you know, and literally the first dumbbell I picked up was life-changing because now it's just that's It's not only just giving me um, confidence, um, it's giving me a passion, it's giving me my job, it's mm -hmm. giving me my gym, my husband, well, you can't have it all, can you? Um, <laughs> but also then the judging side of it, you know, and the respect that I give, that I get back. You know, I got a brilliant team of judges at the moment. FitX, without doubt, the best group of judges I've ever worked with. 
they're brilliant. They really, really are. They are. But they're as passionate about it as I am. So, yeah. you know, it is at the moment, everything's really good and it can only get better. It can only get better. I think so, absolutely. You know, and watching you as well come into it as a competitor, but then everything you've got out of bodybuilding and where you are now and where you're going, you know, that's, as I say, for me, that's the best reward that is watching, you know, the likes of you um, and you in particular as well, but just watching you evolve into, you know, where you are today is is a pleasure. I had a little cry. I was like, Lisa, it's changed my life. Like what you've done for me. Yeah. But again, as I said, if, you know, if nothing else, if I never ever, you know, step another day in a gym or a, a bodybuilding, what I'm going to sound like a right twat now, but what I've passed on to other women and watch them become so much more confident um, and how they, with anybody, we have choices. Yeah. But sometimes um, the choices we make, we think we're making the right choices at that time whether it be a relationship, whether it be um, a social life or anything else. And before we know it, it's turned into something that we didn't expect it to be. Mm. And I'm very, very lucky. As much as I go on about Mike, I'm very, very lucky. I got a brilliant marriage and I've got the utmost, not just respect of him, but support of him. So no matter what I've ever wanted to do, he's been with me and supported me a million percent. Yeah. So I am very, very lucky and I, I'm so grateful. But what that does then and what that allowed me to be is hopefully helpful to other women that haven't been as lucky as I, I have um, to try and encourage them to be more confident and give them the support that I've been given. And it, it has allowed them to just be not just more confident in the competitive world, in bodybuilding, in the gym, but in their lives. Now, yeah. that that is is priceless, yeah. you know, and that to me is my biggest rewards and my biggest um, achievements of anything, anything, mm -hmm. you know. Because it is very much like when you kind of look at this sport, you look at a lot of it is it's men. I said, you're the only head female judge. A lot of the judges you see on the panel are all men. Coaching wise, yes, there are female coaches out there. But when you look at the top coaches in the UK, they're all men across the world. They're all men. Yeah. The lot that, you know, you go posing coaches, it's slightly different because I've never met a man that's going to be able to teach me how to flick my hair right. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, it's all... It's all men and being able to, I was very lucky I came in and I met you and Jazz and I had two women that were very well established in the industry behind me and supporting me. He's been able to go, actually, like, this isn't a male sport. This is something that I can do. Yeah. Because like you said, it's not, it's just, maybe we've just got to fight a little bit harder. Yeah. And, and really, I think, well, hopefully, um, a lot of the fighting that I've done at times physically um, through karate um, has made it easier for women like you coming up 
because I mean, as I said, when I first started, there was nobody, you know, and it was women's bodybuilding only. That was it. There was nothing, you know, and to a certain extent, not being allowed to wear um, a bikini that, you know, was very feminine. It was just a plain black bikini, not being allowed to wear any jewelry or anything like that. To a certain extent, at that time, that did make it, make it a little bit more masculine. But as um, as it's evolved, and with the introduction of the bikini classes, as you say, and the figure classes and everything else, it's a lot more feminine, and it's allowing girls to be girls in a girls' sport. Yeah, uh, you know, and it's allowing all women into all aspects of this fitness industry and to a high level. But hopefully, more than anything, and I would really like to think that this was, wasn't part of it, is that women don't try and um, sell themselves short yeah. through social media and various other things, yeah? Please run your own race and, um, you know, be exactly what you are, but be confident and be proud of what you are. You know, this industry can take you down a route of being a little bit more um, exploited than you need to be. Absolutely. Than you need. Yeah. And certainly through Fitex, what you'll find, and I am going to obviously bang on about Fitex, what you'll find is, and as I always say, I don't give a shit who you are on social media. I don't care how many followers you've got. I don't care if you spend your life streaming and pushing all things. I don't, I'm not interested. I don't care who you coach by. I don't give a shit who your posing coach is. All I cared about is what you do on the stage at that time. Yeah. So if you think by pushing FitX a million times over, that's going to get you a better shot in the judging, it really isn't. Yeah. Great, push FitX. Absolutely. Push all your federations. Great. Do what you got to do. But certainly with FitX, I don't care. I'm not interested. Where you buy the bikini. I don't even know. Like, Joe's put on, like, YouTube videos of, like, fitness people. I'm not, I've got no idea who he is. And he's like, you've judged them at first, have I? Yeah. I don't, because it doesn't come in your head. I'm just judging your physique, what you look like. I don't, don't really spend time to look at the person that's on stage and go, is that um so-and-so? No. Unless you know you personally already when you come out, and like, oh, yeah, I know that person. Yeah, but of course, the thing is also what we do as well, if you have a close link to anybody as yeah. a judge, you will leave the panel. Yeah. You know, and that's the fairest way we can be. But, you know, as I say, girls, boys, don't sell yourself short on social media. There is no need for it. But also, as I said, with FitEx, I don't care who you, your pal is. I don't care where you buy your bikini. I don't care where shoes you've got. I just bring the best physique. Yeah. That's all I care about. Absolutely. Um, there's a few questions on Instagram, so I'll go find them. We'll just do like a little quick fire. Okay. How old am I? 12. You're 12? Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, no, it doesn't say. No, because I'm really clever about these. So you know those not going to lie questions, and people get these the same ones all the time, and they put them up thinking they're really popular. And they're like, oh, someone's asked me what height I am again. I'm like, if you turn it off, You'll see who's actually asking you questions. So these are all real questions asked by real people. Okay, go on then. 
Edgar. The greatest training session I've ever had was being beasted by you and Mike Edgar with Supshack and Darren. I've still got Dom's mouth. <laughs> he's asked loads because I know he's done this. Right, we'll start from the bottom because those are all Joes. Um, is Lisa happy to look over a competitor before competing to avoid being moved categories? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, always offer that, male or females, no problem. Um, I mean, the thing is, obviously, I offer that purely and simply, as you say, because there's nothing worse for anybody than to be encouraged to go into a class maybe they're a little bit unsure of, yeah. which is one thing. But the worst thing is, if you don't ask, and the class that you would have been better suited to has already gone on, I can't do anything about that. We can move you up, but I can't move you down. So if you decide you want to be a figure girl and, um, you know, a trained figure, and in fact, you're a bikini athlete, oh, the bikini's probably gone. So there's nothing I can do about that. So yes, please, 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 before a show, if you want to send a um, few pics on Instagram, if you want to do um, ask before registration starts, no problem. No problem at all. Yeah, there's always someone around, isn't there? So look. Mm. Have you ever had a funny mishap when on stage slash show day you can share? Mm. Oh, as in me? As in you. Well, these are all questions for you, I think. Oh, as in as opposed to watched it. Mm. A mishap. Like what? Mike's over there going, <clears throat> there's been a few. Oh, with you? Yeah. Oh, you're not with you. <laughs> like, well, with you? Yeah. Oh, no, not with you. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm pretty good, actually. You haven't fallen over. Oh, I haven't, no. Yeah, there's been a few of others. Probably one of the worst was, um, it was in the early stages of Bikini. Mm. And it was a, a qualifier in Scotland. And as I said, in the rule was an off the peg bikini. Yeah. But she decided she decided to wear a bikini with a tie side. Yeah. Which, yeah, no problem. But of course, as you say, arms everywhere. And as she turned, she caught her thumb in it and undid it. And <laughs> and the bikini bottom. <laughs> pew! I've never seen Mike run so fast. So he turned to the audience and stood right in front of her while she picked it up and adjusted herself and carried on. <laughs> yeah, that was probably one of the worst. Literally, a thumb caught in her as she turned and just undid the whole bikini. That happened at a PCA show last year. There was a girl and she's got, you know, the bikinis and they do up on the side. They're not tied at the back. Yeah. As she turned around and hit her back pose, it pinged out and her top, obviously, I don't know. Luckily, she was already facing the back, so I guess it was a little less embarrassing if she could just yeah, cover, but... Yeah, but of course, it was a, the other... The, the other one, it, it was a Scottish one as well, and I knew her, and she was a figure competitor, and um, she, st she stood there, hit her front poses and everything else, and I said to Mike, who's obviously MC, I called him forward, I said, um, ask her to go and change. He said, what do you mean? I said... Tell her to put her bottoms on the right way round. So, oh. Thong like on the front and a big full bottom. So it's like, I think mm, she wants to be changing that. Yeah. So, it, yeah, yeah. But she actually, be dressed. A hundred percent. But actually, a little thing I will say as a tip for girls that are wearing um, 
bikini bottoms with um actors are you, i'm gonna know what you're gonna say here yeah the um i've told you before haven't i steph's broke but that was off stage so she was okay yeah, but always try and uh, think about when um, or s anybody who's got an, uh, um, a strapless bra. If you buy a strapless bra, it always comes with clear see-through straps. Yeah. Take those off, take them, cut them to size and sew them on the inside of the connector. So you connect the, you actually sew them to your bikini bottom, but they're behind the connector. So if the connector does snap, you know that you're still in your bikini. Yeah. It's a little, little tip. Yeah. yeah. Top and bottom. Yes, ideally. And then make sure, because the other one was um, a good friend of mine, we'll just say. Yeah. And she was doing bikini at finals last year. I don't remember, know if you remember. And she had a little bit of boob hanging out the bottom. Yeah, just a little, yes. Just yes, a little bit of a, yeah. a malfunction. Yeah, and she was on stage just when I was like, I can't say anything to her. But <laughs> yeah. My mom was like, your tip was hanging out, love. <laughs> oh was it yeah. yeah but again no no that's nothing but again bikini bite is quite a good thing go and buy some the worst had to be above it all was the man who actually came out with his left bollock hanging out oh god and did the whole the whole of his prejudging and everything with his nut out and didn't even feel it he didn't even notice I guess some people are so just like focused on hitting everything, they just don't notice the ball hanging out. Yeah, literally. Yeah, so somewhere of the in betweeners. That was a good one. Yeah. Um, this is a bit more serious. Any advice of how to deal with post show blues? Post show blues. Right. The most important thing with that is right. And again, the way I'd say it, the lead up to a show is like Christmas. You've got so much to do. You're, you're wrapping your presents, you're buying your presents, you're doing your cooking, you're getting your prepping your food for your Christmas dinner, you're doing everything. The Christmas day is amazing, which is show day. But yeah. the next day is all your boxing days in one. There's just like, it's all gone. It's the worst. What do I do now? It's you're in limbo. Well, what do I do now? The best thing to do is don't, don't stop anything. And I'm not saying as in stay on prep, but the minute you, and when I work with anybody, I try and give us, them as much support after show as before show. Absolutely. So they've already got their eating plans for post show. They can always have a little bit of something nice the night of the show and one day after. But the next day, which is usually a Monday, you get straight back onto your, your eating plan. Mm -hmm. You get straight back. Oh, I've, I'm going to go. I'm going to have a week off. Don't. Don't have a week off after training. Save it for about six to eight weeks down the line because then you've got to pass that post-show blues, yeah? But for me, if you're going to do it, um, do a show, you carry on after the show for at least six to eight weeks as you did for the six to eight weeks before. Mm -hmm. You always reverse diet because, as I always say, if it's taking 12 to 14 to 16 weeks to get to where you are, it should take at least 12 to 14, 16 weeks to get to where you were. Yeah. If you look exactly as you did 16 weeks ago within two days, that is one major fucker. Yeah. If you've taken any form of diuretic, which could be vitamin C, asparagus, um, your um, peat max, yeah. anything like those, yeah. you must pyramid. 
you cannot stop it straight away. You pyramid up to where you want it to be, to the optimum as the day before the show, and you must reverse that back down. Because if you don't, within two days, you look like a, a water buffalo. You must make sure you do that. If you adhere to those things, reverse dieting, reverse diuretics with your vitamin C, your asparagus, and various other things, and getting back into the gym, you enjoy one day off after, family, friends, woohoo! but then you get straight back up to it. If you do that, you won't hit anywhere near those blues that you think straight off, right? But also, the minute you come off stage, you're in prep for the next stage of your development. Could it be um, trying to put more muscle on? Could it be getting ready for another show? Could it be getting ready for a holiday, getting ready? There is always something to be prepped for. Yeah. And if you always put something in place, you know it never happened. If you think, right, okay, I haven't got a show. It's the finals. I haven't got anything now. What am I going to do? Oh, right. Oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm lost. Put yourself in for a photo shoot. Absolutely, give, yeah. Give yourself another goal. Give yourself something to prepare for. Even if you're not going to do a photo shoot and you're not going to do anything after the finals, you are going to decide whether you want to compete again next year or whether you want to prep for um, anything else. Yeah. Put yourself back into the regime. And that's the thing. We are creatures of habit. The more you form a habit, the easier it becomes. Because by the time you get to show day, you're not even thinking about prepping your food. You just do it. Yeah. yeah. So if you continue with that, it's easy. Now, I'm not saying that I'm all singing, all dancing, but you know I only eat turkey and green beans day in, day out, same yeah. thing. You know I'll never eat any old shit. I just don't do it. Um, I, as I said, I last competed in 2001. So that's 21 years ago. And still now, I still eat prep food. Yeah. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. On a Friday night, I'll have a bit of something nice. I'll have whatever I want. Yeah. But once that's done, I'm fine. Yeah. yeah? You know, you can't maintain. Yes, you can. You can. It's yeah. decisions. I decide I don't want to eat pizza, so I don't fucking eat it. I decide I don't want to eat burgers, so I don't eat them. I don't so need it. If you wanted to with your friends and they're all going out for pizza, you can. Or around Christmas, if someone's having a mince pie, Absolutely. you should like, no, I can't have a mince pie in off-season. Like, have a mince pie. Of course you can. It's all about balance, but it's choices. But, yeah. of course, the thing is, as you say, if you just go and throw everything aside, that's when the, the show blues comes in. But yeah. if you try and keep your habits that you've already formed and you're performing so well, why stop them? Yeah. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying you've still got to get up five, six o'clock every morning and go and do cardio. No, I'm not saying that at all. But it's very much about consistency. Mm. You keep consistent, you know you can't go wrong. And yeah. that's when, as you say, people just think, oh, I don't have to do it now. No, you don't have to do it. But within two or three days, you're going absolutely nuts as to where, I'm, where am I in my life? Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing as well, what you said about a photo shoot or holiday. Like, I booked a photo shoot after 
my prep and it was honestly the best thing I did. And the day before I rang her up and tried to cancel it, she went, you're not cancelling it, get down here. And I did. And I would recommend it to everyone. Yeah. It gave me something to still look forward to. Yeah. As much as, and that whole thing of like, when you put on a bit of fat after post-show and you get this thing in your head that you're really, really fat. I went and did that and I was like, oh, actually, I look great. Exactly. Like, I'm like 50 stone, which I thought I did. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, though, as well, then probably when you had looked and if you, the way where you felt as if you would were 50 stone. Yeah. You'd gone back through your prep photographs. And even if you're not with a coach, take photographs, keep them for yourself. You know, just just little four quarter turns to see how you're progressing and everything else. But then if you go back to some of those photographs, you were probably looked about two or three weeks out from the show. And you think, oh, actually, I don't look so bad after all, you know. But really, just to get past the post-show blues is give yourself something else to look forward to, but try and keep in a habit. That's the best way. Yeah. If there's one thing in your life you could change, anything past, present or future, what would it be? If you'd even change anything. Um, hmm. Right. If there's anything I could change. Hmm. That's a tricky question, huh? Hmm. Hmm. If you had a dog earlier, there you go. What's that? If you've had a dog earlier. Like, fuck, I wouldn't have a dog now if it was up to me. <laughs> no, she's she's a doll. She's a doll, but she was a gift. But as I said, as I said to you, I would have had a dog 100%, but I would have had a dog probably in about 10 years' time when I'm retired and I could give her all of, all of my time, you know? Because that's the trouble with me. I am, I like to give everything. You know, I don't I do not do anything half-assed. If I'm going to do it, I do it, you know? You just need to open doggy daycare at the close because there's too many of us with dogs. With Honestly, there is. There is way too many of us now. But... Um, for the future, I would just probably say um, not just a case of more women in the sport or anything similar, but what I would like to change. Yeah, actually, there's one thing I would change, and that's social media. Yeah. Yeah. Because has that improved life? No, not a fucking bit. Not a bit. When I was competing, it was brilliant because there was no social media. You knew who you were competing at with the day you turned up. Yeah. You didn't know what they looked like, didn't know anything. But it made my prep and my journey so much easier because it was only about me. Yeah. The amount of boys and girls that come to me and go, you know, through prep and go, oh, have you seen so-and-so? So, no, no, I, and neither should you. Stop fixating on what anybody else is doing. Run your own race. So, yeah, I would change something. That would be social media. i ditch it. I hate it. Very, very rarely do I go on social media. Instagram, luckily enough, is my good friend Michael. He does <laughs> that, so it's very good. Obviously, when people ask uh, me questions, then I'll answer, yeah. answer them. <clears throat> but, um, you know, unfortunately, I don't think it's used... Um, the way it should be used, it's more of it should be used as a tool um, as opposed to just somewhere to air your bullshit. Um, can't stand the fucking thing. So, yeah, I changed that. 
yeah. Um, it was great when we used to find out who won the Olympia when it came up in a magazine because you had a, an air of excitement about it. Now you can just watch it and it's like, oh, it's boring. Watch it though. Yeah, but it's just say you can just no, you can literally you can go on and watch it live streamed and you know, and it's just it's nowhere near as much fun. Being there is fun. Yeah. Have you been of you? Um, so what's that? Have I been? Yeah. 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 I'd like to go one day. Is it Vegas is the most amazing place. Best experience ever, ever. <coughs> But for the future, um, I just hope to see more and more participants in our sport and healthy participants in our sport. Hundred um, percent. What would another deep one? These are very deep. Whoever this was this is a very deep person. What would you tell tell your twenty year old self? Stop being a prick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. 20, I was, I was, I'm sure you're going to find this hard to believe, but I was a fucking idiot, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, a bigger fucking idiot than I am now. <laughs> Maybe. Um, mainly because um, karate. Because, of course, the thing is, now that, now at the time, that was a male-dominated sport. Absolutely. And the trouble is, because of that, I became, um, hmm, what's, uh, I was all, like, the thing is, I got an older brother and a younger brother. So I was yeah. a bit of a tomboy anyway, right? But going into the into karate with my brothers, um, I always used to fight them. So I always fought men. Um, and so, of course, the thing is, then I used to just think I was a fucking bloke that could fight anything and I'd give it a go. Um, and in the early stages of our relationship, we'd go out of an evening and um, Mike would go off to the toilet and he'd come back and he'd go, oh, where the fuck is she gone now? And as he say, all I had to do was find a crowd of men. Because if I found a crowd of men, he said, I knew you'd be in the middle of it. And I'd be in the middle of it arm wrestling people. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah. I, yeah, yeah, I would say probably don't be such a prick. Yeah, my <laughs> year old self because I did I used to just think I was invincible I was a fucking lunatic I was never afraid of anything because as I said I used to fight men all the time through karate but I was never afraid of confrontation yeah maybe a little bit too overconfident in my ability because I went on two theories when I used to do karate and I used to fight and my two theories were um I either won or I got disqualified. Because oh, if, yeah. So if ever I thought my the fight was not going my way, I used to just knock him out and get disqualified. So um, yeah, so I was a bit of a bit of a fucking prick, really. So uh, yeah. I hope so I mean, <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, like you know, it set me in good stead because. Um, but also, as much as I was a bit of an arsehole, I had the utmost respect. Because karate is very much about respect. Yeah. Very much about respect. And as much as I could be a prick when I wanted to, I also knew when I had to be what I needed to be. Yeah. And also then that is what, again, has given me such a um, 
a rounded attitude to so many things that I've been part of. Um, But also then for judging then, I know when I need to be respectful and I know when I need to be respected. Yeah. Yeah. And also then that's allowed me because as I said, if I can physically, and don't get me wrong, I don't really, rather not at the moment, right? But if I, and I've had to physically fight a man, I can certainly have a, a discussion with a man at his level and at my level, mm-hmm. you know? And one thing I will say that my mother has always said to me, I know better than anybody else, but yeah. nobody is better than me. Yeah. I'm equal. And yeah. that's, you know, what I really want to try and push through um, everything that I do, that we are equal, no matter what age we are, what, race we are what color we are what sexuality we are what gender we are i really we're equal we all breathe the same we all piss and shit the same so as long as we remember that again we should offer a bit more respect for everybody then yeah absolutely um how does it feel knowing you gave birth to the greatest welsh videographer of all time painful yeah he was honestly as i said He's an absolute darling. He's a darling, right? But, and as I've always said, if he'd have been the first, there'd never been a fucking second. No way. <laughs> the birth was unbearable. The results and the rewards of him was well worth it. But he is still has got a bigger, bigger head than me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this sort of sound with pictures. So when I've done this, obviously, like I did a message you and then I was like, I'll just message Laz because I know you can find them for me like that. So it's like, yeah. Laz, you've done it for Darren as well. Yeah. Laz, this person. Yeah, no worries, Mo. Yeah, thank you. When do you come straight, straight over? Yeah. How, uh, well, do you and how do you, I guess, separate the dynamic of being married and a mother to... What? And, I'm, and a mother and working together at the shows? Right, now... So we've been, as I said, we've been together now um, 34 years. We're married. We work together. We travel together. We train together, live together, eat together, everything together. Right? But it's very, very rarely we're on our own. Yeah. So either, so even though we do all that together, it's very, very rarely we're on our own. So even when we're in the gym, I can be in the gym for 12 hours and I won't see him for 12 hours. We're in the same place, but I won't see him. So the only time we're really, truly on our own is traveling to and from a show. Yeah, That's the only time we spend time on our own. But also, I think how we do so much together Yet we never, honestly, we never, ever argue. We never argue. It's it's not just you and Mike either, is it? Obviously, Laz works doing all the, he's often rolling around on the floor doing some videography, he tells us. Yeah. And Lucy sat next to you. He's obviously Laz's partner um, doing all the schools and stuff. So it is like you are a family. Oh, yeah. And, of course, the thing is as well, I've got an old, uh, so Laz is my youngest. i got a daughter. Lauren and so we're all L's and the strangest thing is so I'm Lisa so my son is Laszlo my daughter is Lauren my son's partner is Lucy and my daughter's partner is Lucas 
So we are literally all L's. Drop a mic. Yeah. But that what's that? All L's Yeah, don't don't give up your day job. Um yeah, so we're literally as all of us. But the thing is, as you say, to differentiate from one to the other, I really don't want to, because yeah. then it means I have to be somebody else for all these different things. And I try to be myself for every single one of them. Yeah. So now you know, you know, on a posing course or on a um, judge's seminar or anything similar, the first thing I'll do is introduce myself. And then within minutes, I'll say, is anybody, uh, does anybody disagree with swearing? Or And oh no, thank fuck for that. Yeah. So I am myself with everybody and all aspects of my life. Because the thing is, as I said, if you can't be yourself, and I know there are people that aren't themselves with their own partners. Yeah. So if you can't be that, it's hard work. So I don't, I'm exactly the same with you as I would be with a competitor, as I would be with Laz, as I am with Lucy, as I am with Lauren, you know, and as I am with all my clients. Because then they know who they're, who they're buying into you know and i just find that is so much easier so as you say unfortunately what you see is what you get if you don't like me this is the best it's going to be so (laughs) you know but of course as they say the thing is then no matter what aspect of my life i'm with or who you are you know this is me being honest and you know what? Because I, I got told about you before I'd met you, before I'd done the show where I met you. And they were like, this girl was like, she's horrible, Lisa. I was like, she, she's really scary. And I was like, okay. And I remember this is the first conversation we ever had. And I come to you to ask for feedback. And I'm, sorry, excuse me. Um, I'm Molly. I've just just been on stage. Can I maybe, if you're, if you're free, if you're, not, if you're not, don't worry. <laughs> Some feedback, maybe. I was terrified of you. And then as soon as I got to know you, I was like, oh, she's not scary at all. Yeah. And I don't, I honestly don't know why people think that I am, you know? It's because... I think it's because you're straight talking. You just say it how it is. And I think a lot of people that don't like that, they want you to sugarcoat it. And I can't do that. Do that. And that's the thing. Like, I know there's people that don't like me because I can't sugarcoat things. I can to a point, but there's a point where I'm like, no. Yeah. But that's just as who you are. A hundred percent. And but again, if there's when I there's things need to be said, especially when feedback, I always say about the positivity sandwich. Yeah. Now, you know I always say that. Because there is always something positive. Always something positive to say about anybody that can get on stage. Because at the end of the day, to get on stage, that's a big feat. Yeah. yeah. If it was that easy, the millions of people that go to go to the gym yeah. all get up on stage, but they don't because it's not easy. Yeah. But then you have to be able to give the feedback that they need to progress. Mm-hmm. Because if you're just going to sugar, sugarcoat everything, everybody you get a first place trophy. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah well, they're not going to. They're not going to. It's helpful. Like I see, you know, I see coaches and stuff like that that do it, and all they do is blow smoke up your ass, blow smoke up your ass, blow smoke up your ass, and their clients aren't really getting anywhere, but they're loving it because they get smoke blown up their ass. And it's like, well, 
yes, tell them they're doing good when they're doing good. But actually, you also need to tell them what they need to improve on because you're never going to get better if yeah. you just they told you great and that's it. Yeah, 100%. And of course, the thing is, you know, when you ask for feedback and then you give it and they go, but my coach said, yeah, that's great, but your coach is not judging you, love. It's these seven people sat on this table. They're the ones that are judging you and they are judging you to the criteria of the class. If you don't meet the criteria of the class, try again, you know? But, you know, the, the thing is, and maybe, as you say, I give off this, persona is anyone you get angry and call mike by his first name michael yeah <laughs> <laughs> then you know yeah yes that's really? but as i said the thing is you know but yeah all right i'll shut the fuck up now <laughs> <laughs> yeah but no 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 and you know as you say that the most important thing is really is no i'm not a prick you're not, not at all. you're not at all. Uh, the last question I've got for you, and this is what everyone gets when they come on here, is what is the one thing you'd want everyone to take away from today? Um, the most important thing? Hmm. We've covered quite a lot of, of things. Yeah. We have quite a, covered quite a lot of things. So as a competitor, do your homework. Find out exactly what the criteria is for the federation you're going to compete with. Mm -hmm. That's one thing. As a person, the most important thing I want you to take away is know your own worth. Don't sell yourself short for anybody, you know, whether it be a coach, social media, or anything similar. Um, and the other thing as me to take away is I'm quite nice, really. <laughs> you are. You're like, oh, mama, <laughs> yeah you know and uh, that but that's the thing and is you know i just want everybody to really enjoy not just come uh the competition not just training not just bodybuilding but life try and enjoy life and you know i do say this to a lot of people um love the life you live and live the love you live the life you love and really do that if anything in your life is not going and not being where you want it to be Kick it into touch, fuck it off and go and do what you want to do. Life's too short. Absolutely. Thank you so much for coming on. And I'm sure anyone that's listened mm. has come away with absolute pearls of wisdom there because I know I've done a lot and a lot of this is stuff that we've already had discussions about. Um, but no, it's really interesting. And if people want to find you, I know you won't talk to them on Instagram, but Mike can pass on a message. You can. Absolutely <laughs> you can. Apparently it's a thing, Instagram. Yeah. Well, if anyone wants to get hold of Lisa, it's Mike underscore Lisa underscore Gelsey. That's and it. In the description thing of this podcast as well, because yeah. names are all spelt in Welsh. So, yeah, but honestly, don't be afraid. Even, and as I said, if they, even if there's something that you want to ask and you want to ask me directly, don't be afraid to ask my mobile number. Yeah. Have it. I got no bother whatsoever. And if I can help in any way, I will. You know, uh, because as I said, I want everybody to be part of bodybuilding for as long as they possibly can. I've been part of it for 34 years and hopefully I'll be put part of it for another 30 yet. You know, it's given me so much, so much. And I really hope everybody can get whatever they want out of it. 
Thank you. And thank you anyone for listening to this podcast as well. And as much as Lisa doesn't like Instagram, please share it on your stories if you've enjoyed it and tag her in it. And well, just tag her in it to annoy her. So she's good. Bye bye, everyone. Bye.